Welcome to Building Better Businesses. I'm Kristen Dees, founder of Catalyst Consulting, an agency that helps small businesses and entrepreneurs start, grow, and level up their businesses. This podcast will bring you interviews with experts in all things business related. Have questions for a business attorney? We've got answers. How about your health insurance? Got you covered there too. New episodes coming your way every week. Find us on the podcasting platform of your choice. Thanks for joining us on this episode of Building Better Businesses with Catalyst Consulting. My guests today are Travera Brathwaite and Becky Alby of Park Place Payments, um, which is pretty cool. I'm excited to have you guys on here, well, ladies specifically. It's a very important piece of this conversation. Um, and we met through Polkadot Powerhouse. I believe I reached out on one of the groups and said, hey, I need some um, podcast guests. And you guys were like, yeah, let's do it. Um, so here we are. So thanks for joining me. I'm super excited to have you. Thanks for having us. Thank you for having us. Yeah. Um, So, well, first off, tell us a little bit about you as human beings. Where are you from? What do you do? All that kind of stuff. The non-work things. It's so hard to talk (laughs) about sometimes. (laughs) Well, um, with me, my name is Trevera, and I um, grew up in New York, in Brooklyn. I live in Long Island now, in New York. And um, I have two kids, mom of two. Um, My daughter is doing her third year in college, and my son will be starting 11th grade this year. And I like to just work out and try to eat healthy and, you know, spend time with friends and family. Very cool. So I'm Becky Albee. I um, was born and raised in Ohio and made my way over across the Pennsylvania border, but I'm still along Ohio. married have five kids that's always like a jaw stopper everybody's like five kids um let's see um i'm involved in a lot of different things uh right now i'm currently um becoming certified to be an ayurvedic practitioner so that's kind of exciting and then of course park place and it's really allowed me to grow out of my shell as a natural introvert. Oh, yeah. Nothing quite like running your own business, right? <laughs> <laughs> Get you out of your comfort zone real quick. Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, what's a fun fact, a random fun fact about you guys? Trevor, do you have one? Random fun fact about me? Um, boot camp. <laughs> I, I oh. like boot camp. I have participated with my boot camp in a couple of um, mud runs. So um, I used to do like regular, you know, um, races, but they took a toll on my knees. So I started doing mud runs with my boot camp and I realized I, I love it. I love climbing over obstacles and climbing through the mud and doing all, all those things. Yeah, that's cool. So doing a Spartan race is on my uh, bucket list, actually. And then you I should like do it. Too. Yeah, it's, so I much think it'd be fun. Super fun. Mm-hmm. And it's not competitive at all. Everyone helps each other, and you just like have so much fun. And then at the end of it, you get to drink a beer. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right? It's like that's you've worked, never worked as hard for a beer in your whole life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Wait a minute. I have to know how exactly do your muscles feel the next day? Are they like super? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but you don't feel it as you're doing it. Well, that's good. Yeah, um, I bet. Yeah, next day. So yeah, Becky, what's your fun fact? Um, I'm in the process of getting my um, Italian citizenship. So oh, very cool. Yeah, it's, that's about it. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, that's very cool. Good one. Yeah, Italy's cool. I've I've been there. Um, yeah, it's a great place. Very cool. Um, so what do you guys do? Tell us a little bit more about what you do on the work side of things and how you provide support for business owners and entrepreneurs. Whoever wants to rock, paper, scissors. <laughs> That's a good question. I mean, um, you know, the, the foundation of Park Place is to educate business owners. And um, it, it's also a challenge because most business owners have been burned by this industry. It's very well known that it's very deceptive. And so I, I guess, I mean, I can't speak for Trevera, but I'm, I'm 
pretty sure that we're both aligned when we say that education is a big piece of how we help business owners because we have to educate them about all the deceptive practices, um, especially ones that they face every day. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. I'll second that, what Becky said. Um, that's the majority of what we do. Our, our goal is to let business owners know that you have a choice in what you're paying and you know you can go back and, and make these decisions and be educated with these decisions. So that's what our, our main focus has been. Mm -hmm. Which is really cool because I think it does, it feels like sometimes that you don't have choices or um, that it is just kind of the way it is. Because I mean, ultimately, yeah, you have to have payment processing services, but then it doesn't feel like you have a choice on fees and all that kind of stuff sometimes. So right. there are some fees that, that can't be negotiated, but you know, there are a lot of fees that, that are bogus and they shouldn't be there in the first place. And if you know what to look for, you can, you know, reduce your bill or, or make more educated decisions. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think one thing that definitely sets us apart is the fact that we give a very deep analysis. We have something that's called a payment checkup where we ask a few questions, we obtain a merchant statement, and we deep dive into it. We find those bogus fees. We, we find their rates that they're you know, being charged and try to find them the most economical solution for them, as well as making sure that their technology is the solution for them and mm -hmm. that they're protected. That's great. Um, how did you end up doing what you do now? Like, how, what's your background? How did you guys end up together? And then also <laughs> with this business? Okay, with me, um, I'm actually worked over 20 years as an accountant. And so, you know, my, my company has done some credit card processing in the past, and I've had to analyze those statements as well. And one day I was listening to a podcast because I love to listen to podcasts. And I heard our fund founder, Sam Edis, talking about credit card processing and how she wanted to change the industry and bring more diversity to this industry. And I thought, like, what a great, you know, thing to do. I, I want to be known for being, you know, someone who brought change. And why not start a business that does exactly that? And on top of that, she's helping businesses as opposed to taking advantage of them. So that's definitely something I wanted to be involved with. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, kind of not so much like Trevera, but um, oh, being part of businesses, I my my background has always been marketing, PR and design. And eventually I switched gears and went into psychology, but it was the industrial organizational side of psychology. And I saw that a college that I went to, they were having some kind of business seminar and I thought, oh, yeah, I might go listen to that to see how, like, I can incorporate psychology into business. It was nothing what I thought of. I was listening to Sam talk, and she talked about, you know, how it's a really deceptive business and how she's starting a revolution. And I'm like, I think I want to do that. <laughs> I, I do. There's nothing that kind of uh, brings the inner tiger out of me, like, finding out that I'm going to change an industry, especially when it has to do with women. So, yeah. mm hmm no, it's great. And the um, way Becky, I'm sorry. No, go ahead. The Becky and I met is that Becky, as much as an introvert that she says she is, she's also a connector. <laughs> and she reached out to a couple of us at Park Place and was like, hey, you know, let's all get together, maybe share stories, let's learn from each other, because this is a new business for all of us. Um, and that's how Becky and I got connected. Yeah. And it's, it's not a very, uh, it's not very friendly business either. So having any kind of, you know, connection to someone, you know, is, is always a good thing. And I think with the polka dots, um, I think Trevera and I really came a lot closer when we joined the polka dots. Um, yes. we had another member of park place that she was also a polka dot. And we originally started out with our merchant talk at night with her, and then she decided to, you know, go a different avenue. And Trevera and I were like, yeah, we're not done with this. There's a, <laughs> there's a lot more that we can do with this. And so we just kept the ball rolling. And, you know, even one business, if we just like open up their eyes, just look at your merchant statement. Just look at that. You know, 
mm-hmm. someone someone's business has been saved. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I'm the same uh, as you as far as I'm an introvert, like at my very core, and I'm pretty good at pretending to be an extrovert and also good <laughs> with networking and all that kind of stuff too. So I totally, I can relate to that as well. <laughs> I'm like, I have lots of friends and some of my friends are like, why do you, like, I don't understand how you just like go out and talk to strangers. And I'm like, I honestly don't know either. It's fine. <laughs> well, I am an also yeah. an introvert as well, but oh, nice. I don't have the outgoing personality that you two have. Oh, okay. So she's the one that's <laughs> out there like, hey, be my friend. Yeah. And you're like, oh, okay. I guess. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Meanwhile, I yep. keep sending the text messages, mm-hmm. FaceTiming. I'm like, you will talk to me. Yeah, we will be friends whether you like yes. it or not. Yeah. And it worked. <laughs> yeah, sounds good. Persistence. Uh, that's too funny. Um, so can you explain the payment process or process um, mm-hmm. kind of for for the listeners? Sure. Uh, Trevera, what do you think? Do you think that we should talk about the rates and how they're determined? Do you think mm-hmm. we should go with who the channels are? Well, let's just first explain what a payment processor is. A payment processor is your middle person between the business and the bank. So, you know, you don't deal with the bank directly when you're um, using credit cards. You usually have a middle person. So that's who the payment processor is. Right. And we're known as ISOs. Yes. The Independent Sales Organization, also MSP. And um, a lot of people have this misconception that just because they go through processing through their bank, Mm -hmm. that it's through their bank. But really, it's not. It's, you know, the bank is using a third party processor as well. Yes. So you you will be Mm. paying a fee to the bank and you may be paying an extra fee to that person that they're also using. So you don't eliminate that step by going directly to your bank. Okay, that's super good to know. That's actually, I think, a question I had at some point, too. So. Um, is there a reason why banks can't be payment processors or they don't want to be? Is it a can't or won't? Banks are in the business of making money. So they, they sometimes have a couple of processes that they do to bring people into them, but that's not what they do. So, you know, they will put payment processing off to, you know, another merchant processor to handle that piece of business for them. That's not something that they actually do as a bank. Right. And sometimes they don't have back end capabilities as well. Mm-hmm. They're they're I could think of a few banks that will do their own, but they are far and few. Right. Okay. And that so I sense. mean people often think that, you know, they go in to their local store, they swipe their card, done. But there's a lot of back end things. There's at least four or five people's hands that it's going through, you know, it's going through the processor, it's going through the the business's bank, it's going through the customer's bank, and then it's going through the credit card brand. So it's it's touching a whole lot of processes. And I think that to go off topic, that's usually where technology comes in at, because if you're swiping, then there's no encryption when it's flowing through these different financial institutions. Whereas if it's, you know, the MV, the the chip, or the Google Pay and Apple Pay, then it's encrypted as it's going through this entire flow of process. Oh, okay. So as a consumer, you would want to use your chip card or Apple Pay, Google Pay, whatever. Absolutely. Absolutely. Oh, you okay. should never be swiping. Yeah. In fact, if anybody's still <laughs> swiping, I mean, they they are a huge liability and risk. Interesting. Okay. I mean, I knew the chips were fancy, but I'm like, I don't know why. <laughs> no, there's a, not, there's a lot of technology that went, went into making them secure. So you as the, the card holder, you put yourself at risk when you, when you swipe that, you know, someone may get your information from the card. And you as the business owner, you also put yourself at risk because if there's, you know, a, a fraud or, or chargeback or something related to that swipe, you are held liable. Mm-hmm. Right. Interesting. Okay. It's kind of where the, we, we talk a lot in Merchant Talk at Night about PCI compliance and the importance of PCI compliance. And it's just basically, it, think of it as like a driver's license or, you know, a marriage certificate. It's just a certificate that says 
that you're 100% encrypted, meaning that a con- that your customers' credit card data is secure in the office or in a locked place, and that when they go through the terminal, it's being encrypted as the payments are being processed. And a lot of processors, they they don't want people to be PCI compliant because they can add on this fee that's like up to $125, I think, per month. And um, it's, it's, it's a liability thing because if there happens to be a data breach, then, you know, MasterCard and Visa, they will come back to the merchant and see that they were not PCI compliant. Even if the data breach didn't happen there, they would still be at fault. Okay. Gosh. There's so much. There's so much. I was like, oh, we're going to answer some questions. And I'm like, this is like unraveling a ball of a bunch of different strings of yarn. Yes. <laughs> um, so is, is, are the terms payment processor and merchant services the same thing, like interchangeable or are those two different things? Same. same. Okay. Yes. Okay. I was just kind of curious about that. I'm like, that's just really a question for me. I'm like, I wonder if this is the same. <laughs> No, they're interchangeable. Uh, okay. Yeah. Cause some people, I mean, they use merchant services. And I think that that seems to be more common in my experience with like a bank, they refer to it as merchant services, but then mm-hmm. it's also a payment processor. Okay. Yeah. Um, so then what are some common mistakes you see business owners make when it comes to choosing their payment processor? Oh, signing a contract. Yes. The moment you sign a contract, Ooh, you're done, done, <laughs> done. Don't do that. You don't have to sign any contracts anymore. Oh, okay. What what else? Um, Mm. Choosing a payment processor based on price. Mm. A lot of payment processors will come in and just try to undercut prices. But what they do is they build it in 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 the back end. So they'll say, okay, I can, you know, save you 1%, but then they'll charge you all these extra fees or they may put you on tear pricing, which is not good. So, you know, make sure you you research your payment processor, know what they're about and don't just choose someone based on, you know, they can save you, you know, a little bit of money. Or free equipment. Yes. There is no such thing as free. (laughs) Not at all. They will build that in or they will be handing out like the refurbished terminal that is, you know, wonky, but chances are they're, they're, the business is paying for it some way or another yes. in a fee. Yes. Okay. Um, oh, go ahead. Did you have another one? No, no. I was just thinking if that, that was it, I think, okay. right? Leasing equipment as well. That can be pretty expensive. That works out to be pretty expensive. You know, if, if you do lease, make sure you know the terms, make sure you understand um, if you cancel with them, if, if there will be a cancellation fee, things, things like that, make sure you're educated. Would you recommend that they just like outright buy the equipment? Like, is that an option then? Yes. Oh, okay. Do they have to buy it from the payment processor or can they buy like, you know, can you go to Amazon or whatever? Like how how would you find one? No, you have to purchase it through the payment processor that you're using. In our case, um, there is no markup on our, in our terminals, whatever we pay for it is what we pass to the customer. Yeah. And they should do a little bit of research too, that if a company comes in and wanting to do processing and they offer, you know, XYZ terminal, they should go onto Google, just do a Google search really quick to see if it's been marked up Mm -hmm. from an average price. Oh, okay. Okay. And ask about payment plans too. That's the other thing. Like, you know, to go along with what Trevera was saying with the rates, ask what kind of rates they are. If, if they're talking about three tiers, stay away from it. If they're talking about flat rate, stay away from it. You want the interchange plus because it's the most economical. Okay. Is that like a percentage? Yeah. Each credit card brand has their own rate that they charge. So that's the interchange rate. Um, Visa, MasterCard, Amex, Discover, they all have their own rates. And then the plus is usually what the payment processor makes. So that that's, you know, whatever their markup is. Right. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Such good information. I'm so excited to know this now. I'm going to be a monster. Um, and I'll be like, I know people who know the rules. So, yes. <laughs> uh, okay. So on the contract thing, like, so if, 
a payment processor is like saying, Hey, Kristen, you have to sign this contract or we won't give you services. Um, is that something where I can be like, no, I'm not going to sign a contract. Okay. Would they theoretically then be like, Oh, just kidding. Like you don't have to sign a contract. (laughs) Well, to go along with their service, you probably do have to sign a contract, but in essence, if they're making you sign a contract, there's a reason. I mean, if you go and you think about like some cable companies that make you sign on for two years or however many years, and then after like 13 months, they start bumping up the the prices, that's pretty much what you're looking at. It's the same thing with processing that suddenly mm. the fees start going up and it's, yeah, it's it ugly real quick. And then you can't get out of it because you've signed the contract and, you know, they probably tacked on the cancellation fee with that. Mm-hmm. So you could probably just say, uh, you know, I'll keep shopping for my processor. Thanks. Okay. So don't do it. Trevera and Becky say no. Okay. <laughs> we'll have what, what would WWTBD? What would Trevera and Becky do? <laughs> I like that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so what if they're in a situation where they don't or think they don't have a choice? Like, um, a lot of like website stuff, you know, it only integrates with Stripe or PayPal or they're in a highly regulated industry like CBD or something like mm-hmm. that. Like I'm sure there's other ones too, but what happens in those cases? That's a really great question because yeah. essentially they're, they're kind of stuck in those situations um, okay. with, with especially the, the high risk accounts like the CBD, the firearms, things like that, that are regulated. It's very difficult for people to find processors with that. And they're at the mercy of hoping that they're paying lower rates. And with the websites that strictly only integrate with things like Stripe and Square, it, it it becomes a, a question of, well, what does it mean to you mm-hmm. if the convenience of not hiring a graphic designer to build a website for you um, is at the most importance rather than the cost of the credit card payments, then you would probably want to stay with that. But if you're absolutely tired of it, then you would probably have to look for a different way to put your, your merchandise online to sell it. Okay. Does Which that makes make sense? sense? Yeah, because there's a lot of like, you know, e-commerce integrations and stuff too. So it's really easy for people to have like an online store. But um, in a lot of cases, things like that, like WooCommerce or Shopify or whatever, a lot of times they have, it's like Stripe period, which I mean, I've never had any issues with. I've used Stripe for a long time on various internet projects, like websites that I've had, and it seems fine. But um, in this context, I've never really questioned it either. I'm just like, oh, it's just Stripe. That's just what you have when you have a website, <laughs> or, <laughs> you know, uh, now I'm like, Oh my God, where were you? <laughs> I was running yeah. around rogue. Um, <laughs> so, okay. So with like the, the high risk industries and stuff like that, that's just kind of the way that it is because it's more of a kind of like supply and demand situation where it's like these banks are willing to take the risk and, and allow one, cause it's hard for them to find bank accounts, much yes. less payment processors. Yes. Um, which I found out because I have a client that does some stuff with CBD and it's just like, it's been an absolute nightmare. Website's a whole nother thing too. Like there's, they have to be super careful what they say. Um, yeah. So, okay. So how do they find, like, where do you, do you just like Google CBD payment processors or like what's, how do you even find good ones? Cause there's, so, there's someone, they seem really sketchy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure where <laughs> I'm not sure either. Singular, everyone I've known who has CBD products, they've used Square. Um, I I don't know of any processors so far that that have touched, you know, the CBD industry. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because I think we were looking into that at some point in time and she sent off like an application and just never heard back from Square for their like Square CBD stuff. I've completely forgot about that. Um, But it takes time. And I think that's one of the things, too, is like if you're going to do something in an industry like that, you have to be prepared for this stuff to take a really long time because it's not it's cool. not as simple as just selling, you know, handmade jewelry or shoes or purses or something like that. <laughs> like it's like Correct. serious. Uh, right. And you can get in like real actual trouble, um, either very expensive or very prisony type trouble. <laughs> it's like... You know, just like wing it. <laughs> you know? Yes, yes. Maybe not. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe not that one. The the jewelry, sure. Okay, you can wing that. But yeah. um, 
You bring up a really great topic, though, because um, there there's a lot of wiggle room. Like, for instance, selling online tobacco or alcohol, it's prohibited. It's considered high risk. However, you can find a processor that will do it in person. So it does become – it takes a lot of research. Mm-hmm. It takes – yeah. Well, and there's people who have whole like consulting businesses just on those things too. Like I um, had come across somebody at some point in time that her, that's what she does. She either helps people with CBD or with like marijuana stuff um, because she did it and she figured out all, you know, she figured out all the things the hard way and was like, here, this is how you do it. So when people are trying to start up their, their business or their farm or whatever it is, that's related. Um she comes in and is just like, this is what you need to do. These are the things you need to get connected. These are the banks that you could talk to. I'm sure she charges a premium. Yeah, of course. Because that's valuable information. Very valuable. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Like (laughs) the sky's the limit. Like they could make floppity jillions of dollars. So um, yeah, that's super interesting. So I'm pretty sure brokers will also help high risk. Am I wrong when I'm saying that, Trevera? I'm not sure about that. Me neither. What's a broker? So there, there are, think of them as like mortgage brokers. Some of them have connections with different ISOs and to find a solution for a business, they come to them and they help them. I, I've only encountered a few of those, you know, in my short time with Park Place, but they do exist. And, mm-hmm. that, you know, they're technically supposed to find the best solution for any business, but I don't know if they do that with high risk and I don't know how effective they are without thinking about their own pockets. So, mm-hmm. I mean, it wouldn't be, like you said, it's not a bad place to kind of be like, Hey, I have some questions. I feel like they would know something I would think, or at least like point somebody in the right direction, but maybe, I don't know. Okay. Right. Um, so what are some red flags that business owners should be looking for when they're trying to find a payment processor? I know we kind of like touched on some of these things, but like mm-hmm. if besides the contract and all that, what are they looking for? I can tell you what they what should be like a red flag if they already have a processor. Mm-hmm. If they already have one and they can't obtain their merchant statement. There's a problem there. Yes. You should be able to access your merchant statement at any given time. And they actually rely on you not being able to log in, forgetting your passcode, needing to call them because they don't want you to look at your merchant statement. They don't want you to question it because one of two things happens. Either you're questioning uh, a fee that's been taken out or you're getting um, you're, you're having another competitor come in to look at your merchant statement. Mm-hmm. Okay. You should also um, look at see like how often does your processor check in on you or you know make sure everything is running smoothly for your business um if you have a processor who just signs you up and you haven't heard from them for like the past three years then that's definitely an issue because you know things change sometimes your terminal may may become outdated it may be sunsetted so you they should keep you up to date on that um Things happen within the fee structure. So if there are any changes, they should update you and let you know, hey, just so you know, Visa's raising their fees, you know, next year or something. So our interchange is is going up next year. So just so you're aware to look at your statement, the fees will will increase, you know. So your, 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 your processor should be, you know, on top of you and and checking in with you every once in a while. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And to go further on that, even when you're being visited by a processor, one just happens to come through the door and is striking up a conversation with you. Treat it like you're going on a high-end vacation. Look at those reviews. Google them. Make sure that you know that there aren't a lot of negativity that is out there, um, because chances are, unfortunately, our industry is something like a used car salesman. They come in, they do the the quick sell because they're making money on the terminal that they're selling you. They're making money on the new account that they're with the startup fees. And then they're going to walk away and they don't care if you're not happy with the service. They don't care if your terminal is not working. They don't care about the rates that they just gave you because that was their quick sell. That was their money that they made. They, they're not looking in for a long-term investment on your business. They wanted that short-term. You signed just now. You just gave them however amount of money 
for the startup and for the equipment. And then that's it. And like Trevor was saying, if you just signed up and you don't hear from them ever again, it was probably, probably a bad deal. And unfortunately that happens a lot. Mm-hmm. I've had customers who's, who've told me that, um, that their payment processor switched. Like, I guess they changed companies or sold their account and they had no idea until they went to cancel and the 800 number they called didn't work. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. Wow. It's almost like when your, your mortgage gets sold and right. you're just like, who am I paying now? Okay. Exactly. All right. That's not what I exactly signed up for, but I get it. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. Okay. Yeah. Super shady. It's, it's weird to me too. Like the more we're talking about this, that, um, that industry isn't more regulated. <laughs> like, it seems like there's Agreed. a lot of really shady <laughs> practices that happen regularly. And like, no one's like, they're worried Nobody about like, it. they're worried about CBD and guns, but they're not worried. about yes. like Yeah. And like, that's the same thing that Samantha Edis found when she, she got into this, this industry. The fact that you know, so many salesmen were celebrating the fact that it wasn't regulated, that they can mm-hmm. take advantage of biz- businesses. And she just wanted to change that. She thought this was so wrong, what mm-hmm. they were doing. Right. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, I mean, to geek out for a minute, I guess, um, what, what Trevera was talking about is when they were passing the Durban Amendment. So there were three senators that had um, wrote up this legislation that was supposed to cap the credit card brands and to cut down on the fees, but they didn't really understand the industry very well. So they cut it down with like Visa, MasterCard, but they didn't do anything to the ISOs. And suddenly she's like in this room and they're all celebrating because now they're going to get become even, you know, more rich because now they're going to be able to, you know, raise their rates even higher and give less to the credit card brands. So, I mean, it's, Incredibly deceptive. Yes. So then what does a, um, if I'm an enterprising young entrepreneur and I'm like, mm-hmm. you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to start an ISO. Can you just do that? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what it takes to start. You know one. what I mean? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I want to do it. I'm just like, it's just, I'm kind of curious, especially with something yeah. like that, where it's like somebody could just which lends the whole point why I'm asking is not so I can get rich on people's, I mean, it's tempting. Right. And I'm like, Ooh, right. uh, no, I would never, I couldn't sleep at night. But, um, you know, like if, if that is the case and people can just be an ISO, they just, you know, apply for whatever thing and they like can now process payments as long as they can supply the technology. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a whole nother reason to make sure that you're doing your research before right. doing or signing the contract. Like you said, like don't sign a contract, make sure you do research talk to park place first. Um, and, uh, cause that is, that's kind of scary. That was the thought I was like, Oh man. So like, there's all these just like stockbrokers out there starting ISOs. That's exactly what it is. That's exactly what it is. They're out there. Man, the stock market's getting too hard to, okay, well, I'm gonna start something new. (laughs) (laughs) Crazy. I, I mean, I I don't know enough about the industry to talk about how you start one up, but I mean, we probably shouldn't, but <laughs> I, I think that there's a, a lot more involved with uh, like, um, you know, like Park Place goes through Alavon. And so I, I think it's kind of like that. Like you have to meet um, the people who can provide the back end networking, right? Trevor, maybe yes, yes. The topic here. And um, I, I guess you have to prove that yourself viable to to these higher organizations that are also lending and also um you know because they're still getting a cut from it so while park place is the iso they also have the back end work through alavon or you know cardex if if you're doing surcharging which is a completely different topic (laughs) we should probably touch on that (laughs) i think it might be my next question or i think it'll at least be part of it um because I was going to ask if it's possible to avoid credit card processing fees. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, but I but, mean, to in a sense. Yes. Okay. You, so not you entirely. Completely el- eliminate them. Yes. Um, okay. What we have is something we call surcharging, and this is where we charge back the customer the fees that you, as the merchant, may be paying. So that can be up to four percent that you know, you may charge your customer. However. 
This is only for your credit cards. You cannot surcharge on a debit card. So the merchant will always pay the, the fee on the debit card, which is a lot lower than credit card fees. A debit card can be maybe a 1% fee, or if it's a commercial debit card, it may be up to 3%. But, you know, you can't, you can't search, you can only surcharge on credit cards, not on debit cards. Right. And it's, okay. it's a huge process to get that started. Um, you have to meet certain requirements for, you know, for surcharging, like most of your, um, most of your transactions are high ticket. So anything like over 50, $60, you couldn't do that with like, I don't know, like a convenience store or something like that. Um, and then there are a lot of things for the checkoff list for the credit card brands to approve your business. Um, you have to have notification outside of the, the business store. Um, the consumer must be aware that they're going to take on these rates before, you know, they, you know, use their card. Mm -hmm. Um, it's just, and, and not every state it does surcharging. I think there's like two left that yeah, are not. Yeah. I think only two are left. Almost all the states in the U S do surcharging except for two. Okay. So that was going to be kind of like my follow-up question. So like, um, cause it seems like everybody wants to try to avoid, I talk to people all the time and they're like, I don't want to pay any credit card processing fees. And I'm like, I mean, you have to, like, that's part of the, <laughs> that's part of the, the, how that system works as far as like the, um, you know, credit card companies or whatever, or debit cards doesn't matter. Like there's something mm -hmm. because you're paying for the service. Like if you don't want to have the fees, then just take cash or checks if you really want to. I mean, it sounds like you, I'd like, there's things that come along with that, right? But it's just kind of one of the costs of doing business um, in general. But the other question was, um, can you pass through and what can you pass through? Because I, I I had heard at some point that it was like illegal, like in some way to do it, but maybe it was the debit card thing that I was thinking about where you can't pass through or surcharge. There, there are a lot of people, like let's say I have a company where I'm selling candles or something and one of my customers wants to come in and use their card. I'll like bump up the price for a couple extra dollars to take over that fee. Technically it's illegal. Okay. Um, if, if they were caught doing something like that or notified, chances are they would lose their ability to accept credit cards. And there are a lot of people that do it and get away with it. Mm -hmm. I mean, Some in my people. local town. Some people might say, hey, you know, I'll, I'll take Amex or I'm sorry, I'll take MasterCard or debit or a visa. But with Amex, you'll have to pay a fee. You can't do that. It's either you charge a fee for all of the credit card or all the credit cards that come into your store or, you know, you pay the fee you, you can't pick and choose what you want. Um, today, my friend comes into the store. I'm not going to charge her a credit card fee. But if you came into the store, I'll charge you. You can't do anything like that. Okay. So can you do a cash discount? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Because I've seen some people do that too, where it's like, you know, it's this much. And then if you pay with cash, you get a 5% discount or whatever it is. Right. So, Okay. I mean, it kind of, it just seems so complicated to me to like nickel and dime that kind of process personally, but maybe I just never, I've, I've never really done the math on it either. It just seems like if all of, like all of my clients pay with credit cards. Right. So there's just, I just charge what I charge. And then I guess if I really wanted to, if it, you know, got to the point where it was more money, then maybe mm -hmm. I would um, add, you know, increase my prices across the board by a certain percentage to kind of compensate for it. And that would just be the price. Instead of trying to some, like some, you know. if you're using PayPal, for example, PayPal charges the customer that fee. If you're know, doing it legally. Yeah. Cause I think a lot of people will do like friends and family. Mm -hmm. um, I've had a lot of small business, like, you know, like you were saying, somebody that makes candles or signs or something like that, where they're like, Oh, send it, send payment to me through PayPal or Venmo. Right. Um, because then they don't get charged anything, but I'm like, aren't they then running the risk? Like if somebody reports them to something, then they're going to get in trouble for yes. violating well, that. Venmo now, what they're doing is that they're asking people to let them know if it is a, a business transaction. And, you know, if they do find out it is a business transaction, then they will charge you the fee. Yeah. Otherwise, you know, before literally a month ago, Venmo, you know, didn't have a problem with, you know, if you had a business to, you know, 
not run it as a business. <laughs> but now they're increasing their fees because they realize how popular everything is, especially with right. the pandemic. And everyone's doing these transactions back and forth over the internet or over the phone. So they're they're raising their fees so they can capture some of that revenue. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Just good. Such good information. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, because I think I just noticed I did. I paid somebody, and I was like. Am I supposed to say yes? Like, am I gonna get? Am I gonna get them in trouble if I say yes? You know, like, because yeah. I've been doing stuff like that on Venmo. I do a lot, of, like, stuff on PayPal, or I mean, a lot of people do use just regular credit card or invoices or whatever. But, right. um, yeah, I was just kind of curious about that because a friend of mine buys stuff from like a local market, and the lady's like, "Send it in PayPal, but make sure you say that it's friends and family." And she's like, "It just makes me feel kind of shady because I'm like, right. you know." <laughs> um, <laughs> There's a reason why it exists. <laughs> like, <Yeah. laughs> so, cause they can get like, they can get their PayPal account locked down. They cannot yes. have access to the money. Yes. Like all kinds of crazy and stuff can happen. That's another thing with d- using um, merchant aggregators, which we consider like PayPal, Square, Venmo. They have the ability to lock your account for any reason. You know, mm. if, yeah. if, if they feel that there's going to be too many chargebacks or something, nothing to do with you with another business. They can lock your business down. Or they can hold on to your money. Hold on to your money like yeah. they did yeah. at the beginning of COVID. Yes. So that's, that's the crazy. risk that you, you take when you, you use a merchant aggregator as opposed to a merchant processor. Because with a merchant processor, payment processor, merchant processor, um, you have your own merchant ID and you are not locked into anyone else's. Because PayPal and, and, and Square, it's like, one big piece of cake, one big cake, and you're like a slice, but you're all kind of intertwined. When hmm. you have your own merchant ID, you are your own separate person. So you have nothing to, nothing that happens with anyone else um, concerns you or affects you. Okay. Right. I mean, we, we often use the analogy. It's like taking, um, it's like putting a whole community in the same checking account. So, and if, if one business you know, makes a mistake, everybody's going to pay for it. So, and, and you're not protected either. If there is like, you know, like a data breach or something like that, Mm -hmm. it's going to come back hard on you. Um, Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, good information. Yeah. (laughs) Let's go with like the other reasons why, you know, like square and, and stripe and, and everybody are so popular. So it goes back to the rates. So in the very beginning of, you know, capturing credit card transactions, it was the the three tier pricing. And so like, think of it as buckets, the lowest price was the debit cards. And, you know, the middle bucket was the regular cards. And then the, you know, the most expensive were like the high reward cards and the mile cards. And Trevera was talking about how, you know, um, a processor would come into a business and quote, a price, it would oftentimes be the lowest one. It would be the debit card. But then once they start transacting, they would have all the transactions and you wouldn't know like what customer used what card or what bucket. And they would just throw it in just to gain more money from the business. And so it became like too complicated for business owners to figure that out. And so that's how flat rate was, you know, birthed because suddenly having one flat fee for every card suddenly made sense. They're like, oh, you know, 2.7 for all the cards. This is great. Except for the fact that if most of your clientele are using their debit cards, then you're paying the highest rate for every single transaction. So I I hope that made a lot mm-hmm. of sense and that didn't come off as like off the wall. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's great. I feel like I had another question that popped up in my brain. I should have written it down. Um, I'll probably come back. Yeah, because I use Square invoicing um, mm-hmm. because it gives me a lot more flexibility. I can offer milestone payments. I can offer recurring automated recurring invoices. I can offer... Um, what's the other thing that I use? So I use like milestones. Oh, and I allow people to make payments. So if we sign like a three or six month contract for a project, um, they can pay it. They can pay monthly. I mean, they can pay it all up front, but most people don't. They prefer to make it or stretch it out. So monthly, mm-hmm. biweekly, weekly, whatever they're more comfortable with. Um, 
And I can't do that with like QuickBooks or um, I think PayPal I can kind of, but yeah, that's one of the reasons why I chose them. They're super easy and it's like a piece of cake to set all that stuff up. So yeah. But now knowing it's like, what'd you call it? A payment aggregator? Yes. Hmm. Plot twist. Okay. <laughs> can, can we do a shameless plug? Park Place allows you to do those invoices too. Oh yeah. Oh, I think you told me that actually when we first yeah. met, cause I'm pretty sure I was yeah. like, listen, listen, I have a secret. <laughs> um, <laughs> Yeah, no, it's good to remind me that I'm interested in that at some point, please. <laughs> um, yeah, okay, no, it's super helpful. But you you brought up the perfect point that it's so easy, and it really mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. easy. You know, you're starting up a business, and you know, you're like, what am I going to do? I mean, you can easily go to Walmart or you know any kind of like technology store and get the little squirt stripey thingy mm-hmm. and suddenly you're in business it's like a click of a button and you're done i mean not that all payment processors are that painful because you know we're not but it's the fact that it's ease and square is like the sexy name of processing mm-hmm. so yeah because i mean yeah. they change the game for yeah. like for small makers yeah, and small yeah businesses. it's people who do a lot of business and you know craft fairs or festivals and that kind of stuff right. they just they didn't have a way to do it before so they were losing out on money just by not having the opportunity to, I mean, even in like from an upsell situation, if it brought 20 bucks and I'm like, man, I really want two of these, but I only have 20 bucks. And it's like, if I could use my debit card. Um, right. Cause I feel like people are more hesitant to do ATMs when there's a fee <laughs> to just, yes. do it like a, you know what I mean? I'm like, I don't want to pay that three bucks, but boy, I'll pay 25% of my credit card. <laughs> That's for <Yes>. sure. <laughs> like, uh, like, what do you think about it? And I now literally just, I was like, I mean, that is kind of, I do that to my, I'm like, why well, don't want to do $3. Like what? Um, With your- <laughs> but, yeah, I'll pay my, to get those miles, man. Um, That's so funny. It's all the little things, right? Um. Okay. But yeah, no, they definitely, they changed the game and they, they made it so easy for, yeah, like you said, small businesses, because they just like kind of add on all these features that are, it's so helpful where before you had to buy a whole cash register and, you know, God knows how much that was. I don't even know, probably 500 bucks or something like that. And now you can get with your iPad and your phone and you don't have to have all these extra things to be able to run your small business. um, Even if it's a brick and mortar restaurant, whatever. So yeah, right. Yes. Yeah, or, or even for businesses that hardly take credit cards, mm-hmm. you know. Oh you yeah, know, mm-hmm. maybe it's like a one shot kind of thing. Like oh, m- maybe like three customers a year or something. So mm-hmm. I mean, it's perfect. Yeah, and I'm sure even like you know craft fairs and stuff like that, people do bring a lot of cash. Um, like it's it's still more of a cash type of business, I think. Um, but yeah, they can you can run your inventory and everything like that out of square for whatever it is that you offer. So, um, and that's hard for people too. I think they make it really easy. So if you're starting a store or starting a business and you need to track inventory and stuff like that, it's one of the things too, that's just like, it's super simple. It's easy to be like, this is what you need to do. But then to your whole point, um, just because it's easy doesn't mean it's the right option necessarily, you know, like down the road, like reevaluate and be like, okay, like, would it be better to actually have this separate? Cause one of my things with all that stuff too, is like, I don't want, a company to like own my soul or like right. my information. I want to be able to like do what I want with it. And sometimes things like that kind of prevent you from those. They're like, well, you can, you can have a little bit of your information. Well, and and that's just it in itself is that square is great for startup companies. And, but after like, you've finally grown your company after like three or four years and you're really making a profit, it, it becomes so easy to stick with what you have at that point because mm-hmm. you've already invested all this time and energy into whatever, you know, inventory that you have or, and then you're like, Oh, I don't want to start up again. I don't want to do all that extra yeah. work again and just stay with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But you need to protect your business as it grows. And, you know, as we said before, you're not protected with square. It's okay. If, you know, you just have a, a company that's now starting out and, you know, you're trying to find your way, but as your company grows and it gets bigger, you want to protect your baby. And the mm-hmm. way to protect it is to use a merchant processor so that you have all the protection, data breach protection, et cetera, that we offer. Mm-hmm. Well, and that makes a lot of sense too. Like just for, like the data breach stuff, like that's not something that I knew about. And I'm sure a lot of people are in the yes. same, same boat as me where it's like, that's, 
it's a huge, you're basically gambling with your baby. As you yes. said, like, <laughs> yes. like, Hey, you want this one? It's kind of sassy. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, no, that's, that's super helpful. I think it's important for people to know that stuff. So, um, so what are some of the specific services you offer to your clients? You kind of touched on this too at the beginning, like, um, mm-hmm. but yeah, maybe a little bit more detail on that. Well, we do, um, next day funding so that that wouldn't change. We offer you the data breach protection. Um, number one is customer service. Um, our yeah. customer service is next to none. When you call us, you're not going to be shepherd to some out of the country um, phone line. Like all of our reps are in-house in the US, USA, um, available 24-7. And as I said, you know, our company, we check in on you. Every six weeks, you get a phone call from us. Or, you know, we just check in and make sure everything is running smoothly. If you have any questions, we know our companies by name. Like, you're not just some no-name company. We'll, you'll call up and be like, hey, you know, this is Kristen. Oh, hey, Kristen. How's it going? You know, that's what we pride ourselves on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, that, that in itself, I think of countless times. I don't know about you, but, like, customers calling me while I'm at like my kid's concert or whatever. And it's perfectly fine because, you know, usually by a simple text, I've fixed it. So I I think customer care is like a really big thing. I had Mm -hmm. a woman who only wanted to come with us because of the customer service. She had been, um, she, she had a huge chargeback by thousands of dollars and it was a complete accident of how it happened. And you know, it's, it's one of those things now where, you know, you're kept on the phone for 45 minutes in hopes that you like hang up and then it'll have to deal with your problem. So that's a good thing um, to have a customer care that mm-hmm. always answers your call or text or whatever. Um, for Park Place, I mean, we, we offer a lot of things that goes just beyond um, technology and service. I mean, we have a lot of... Um, different partners um that now account is a partner with park place and that was set up by stacy abrams to help business owners with um invoicing so instead of waiting like net 60 90 days they could get their money immediately um is that the kind of thing that you're you know asking about yeah and kind and like even because you were talking about the education and stuff like that and how you Mm do like kind of like audits or whatever of what someone's existing stuff is. So from there, you're like, Hey, this is what we could save you. This is what we could offer you. Or you can also just save yourself. If you stay with them, like. Becky um, touched on that. We do what we call a payment checkup. We're the only one in the industry that does this. And we sit down with, with our, um, our clients in the beginning. And besides their, your copy of your statement, we go through these list of questions where we find out more about you and about your business and this way we can come up with a solution for you. So right. we can see, you know, what you currently have or what you're hoping to achieve. And we also check your technology. Like yes. I I did a payment checkup for a pharmacy and his terminal was going to sunset within a few months. His processor didn't tell him nothing. No, didn't, you know, it's, it's things like that, that, um, that to get a really great processor, these are the kind of things that like um, a merchant should be looking for, you know, that, that somebody is looking out for them because, you know, as a, as a business owner, you're, you're worried about that piece of business that you're doing. You don't want to have to deal with credit card processing. You don't want to have to get on the phone every time something goes wrong. You want somebody to um, be monitoring your transactions to make sure that there isn't fraud. You, You need all those things you know, to work with you, not to, you know, be more of a headache at mm-hmm. the end I, of the day. And I could tell you for a fact that our, our reps do sit there and they do look at your account on a daily basis, not weekly or monthly. On a daily basis, they're looking at your account, making sure that everything is okay. Mm-hmm. Which is super rare in many ways. Um, yes. I mean, weekly would be rare. <laughs> <laughs> monthly also, really. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> So yeah, no, it's cool. Okay. Uh, so as entrepreneurs yourselves, what advice would you give uh, fellow business owners when it comes to running their businesses? Hmm. 
network. <laughs> yeah. Get out there and network. Um, we're all introverts, you know, we all have, you know, our, our, our little time where we like to be alone, but get out there, you know, join some org- organizations. We met you through the polka dot. So get out there and join some ex- um, organizations and get your business out there, pass out those cards and network with people. Yeah. And do the hard stuff. No, no matter what the hard stuff is, if it's, you know, going and introducing yourself or, um, um, making a presentation in front of your community about what you're doing, or mm-hmm. even looking at your merchant statement, <laughs> do the hard <laughs> stuff. Just, even if you don't want to just take that extra moment just to, just to do it, just conquer mm-hmm. it, just do it. And surround yourself with positive people, people that can encourage you when you're feeling like, okay, my business isn't working out. I don't know if I should continue. Surround yourself with positive people, not people that are going to bring you down and be like, why are you doing this? Why are you still doing this? Mm-hmm. Right. I think that's that's huge for sure. That's been a yeah. game changer for me too, is just like being around people that are like, hell yeah, you can. <laughs> exactly. Kind of like, what do you do? What's your little business? And I'm like, yeah. Uh, it pays my bills. Okay. So it's not exactly, <laughs> um, but yeah, no, you're not okay. paying my bills. Yeah. So don't worry about it. my little business. Get out of here. <laughs> that was, yeah, that required, that required some effort on my part to not freak out. Um, so cool. And what resources do you recommend, um, people use when they're kind of start? I mean, besides park place, you know, <laughs> what other resources do you think were are helpful or were helpful for you? Polka dots. Yes. <laughs> um, we'll have to send this yeah, episode I, to Shannon. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if there's, if there's any way to bring you out of your shell, it's definitely to join networking groups just to get out there and get used to it. Because most of those times when you go into these networking places, you know, you, you have to like pay for it and, and they're, they're paying to listen to you. They can't tell you to just go sit down or whatever. You at least get your however many minutes <laughs> to get up and talk, even if you mess it up a couple of times. I don't know. Mm-hmm. No, I think that is that. Cause that's, there's so many in every, every town there's, you know, local groups that are free. There's some paid groups. There's, you know, like the Navo chamber of commerce, Rotary Club, things like Polkadot. There's some other ones out there that are kind of similar, or at least have, you know, like they're nationwide. They have chapters, that kind of thing. But um, yeah, that's been huge. That's how I grew my business. Uh, I started my business in August of 2019, so two years ago, um, and really started taking off in January of 2020. (laughs) And then I was like, huh, okay. Okay. Oh, this is an interesting hiccup, but because I had made all these connections and that was when I, I really like doubled down on particularly like the virtual networking, like Polkadot was really great. Um, and doing the, like, here's the thing too. This is the, I think the trick with networking is like, if you just go to the meetings, like with the groups of people, you're not going to get as much out of it as if you like try to meet one-on-one with at least a few people from every group that you go to. Like that's how really how you get the most, that's how I've, I've made tons of connections with Polkadot, just like outside of my own chapter, inside my own, um, by getting out there. So yeah, I think it's huge. I I think the most important thing is not to give up. You you know, you get, you have like ebbs and flows of like Mm -hmm. things are quiet or just keep going. Just keep going. Keep sending yeah. out that text message, that email, networking. Yeah. Yep. You'll find people. You'll you'll find your people for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, so how do people get in touch with you, find you on the internet, social media, etc.? And um, yeah, how can we help you? Oh, okay, for me, I'm on Facebook, um Trevera Park Place. Or you can Find me also on Instagram, Trevera underscore Park Place. Okay. Uh, you can email me, <laughs> Trevera at parkplacepayments.com. Perfect. Um, LinkedIn, Becky Albee. Um, under Facebook and Instagram, I'm sourced by Becky, where um, I used to do like, I don't know, five, six minute videos talking about the little nuggets of processing um you can also find us on youtube and soon we'll be starting a merchant talk at night channel for for youtube oh nice yes 
Mm-hmm. And just so you know, Merchant Talk at Night is just me and Becky educating businesses about the payment payment industry. On the showcase page every Friday night, 8.30. Although it's usually 8.40 because we're busy chit-chatting. <laughs> we were supposed yeah. to be on. You're like, oh, uh, yeah, no, that's funny. Hey, I feel like I see the notifications for you guys sometimes. Um, okay, yeah, very cool. Well, uh, any last thoughts before we head out? other than check your merchant statements check your merchant statements <laughs> yes please do yeah it's good uh you, even if you have to you know call and stay on the phone for 45 minutes figure out how to get into your merchant statement and really look at it and look at them every month because yes. sometimes they tack on fees like an annual fee or a quarterly fee so if you're just looking at one month and be like oh it looks okay take a look every month that may change <laughs> Yeah, that makes sense. Just making it part of like your like PL review process that you're theoretically doing once a month too. you know, Correct. <laughs> like Correct. fingers crossed. Um, yeah. Okay. No, that's good advice. Okay. Well, thanks for joining me, ladies. Thanks for being my first uh, two person interview. I think we pulled it off. I think it Yay, was. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, it's great. So yeah, I really appreciate it. Tons of great information. There's so much stuff. Um, and I'll definitely be in touch with you guys too. Cause I'm like, um so about square yeah (laughs) uh but yeah thank you greatly appreciate it you're welcome thank you for having us you bet